All right. Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. Thanks for joining. If you are new to the show, I would like to take a moment just to encourage you to jump back to the very first episode of the project. It's a brief intro. It's about six or seven minutes long, but provides some really helpful context just about the nature of this project and how it differs from most. So I think it's context worth having going into any episode. But for those of you who are return listeners, thanks for coming back. And if you'd like to just skip the housekeeping altogether, totally understandable, no hard feelings, but just jump forward and listen for the music. But for those of you who would like to stick around, I do have a few updates. So the Substack is alive and well. For those of you who have been deriving some real or meaningful value from the show and would be interested in some additional supplemental content or a space to support the show or the project in general, that's going to be your best place to do that. As well as anyone who would be interested in exploring, sharing some of their own content in an anonymous format or contributing to the show. In time, I am trying to build more of a sense of community around the concept of just creating a space for individuals to more genuinely share themselves with the world without fear of judgment or insecurity or limitations around identity. So if that resonates with you at all, there's definitely a space for that. That's impostersanonymous.substack.com. Any work submissions would go to impostersanonymous at gmail.com. Ultimately, I'd, I'd love for this project to be able to grow into something that's truly collaborative and even where submissions could be rewarded for their merit or for their response from the community. But that and other broad or ambitious aims I have for this project are truly dependent on listener support. So of course it goes without saying, but any of it is truly appreciated no matter what support looks like for you as an individual. I guess I'll leave it at that. And if you're still here, thanks for hanging in. And I hope you enjoy the show. You don't know how lucky you are being a monkey. The past is just a story we tell ourselves. Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. Lisa, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm across the pond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, how, how are you feeling today? I, I know it's been kind of a crazy time, crazy year, all of that, but yeah, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. There's, uh, there's lots going on at the moment, which is uh, keeping me busy. Um, obviously lots of sort of change going on in life and you know the last year has been um, certainly uh, challenging in, uh, in many ways but it's uh, it's been positive and you know obviously obviously uh, negative as well but uh, today is a good day. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear it's it's beautiful over here today so I, I can't complain uh, but yeah it's definitely been 
it's been a little up and down for everyone. I feel like uh, I, I, in the past. I was gonna say, yeah, it's it's probably been similar for you guys. What what what's the the um, uh, pandemic kind of thrown for you at the moment? I think is things open or? Oh yeah, um, it, it really does vary state to state quite a bit. I'd say mm-hmm. here, so where I am, it's I'd say we're kind of middle of the pack. I guess things are are starting to open back up in a in a pretty real way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're actually doing better than than some other states as far as vaccinations vaccinations and such. So I think that's in general, it's a it's a positive trend. I think we're ahead of a good amount of other states as well as other countries mm-hmm. on that front. So I, I definitely can't complain. Uh, so it, it seems like in general we're, we're heading in the right direction and, and there's a sense of optimism. Yeah. But at the same time, I think everyone has learned to maybe manage their expectations to some extent. And so even though it feels like things are going the right direction, I'm still kind of a little bit cautious and just being like, you know, you just never really know how things are going to pan out or mm-hmm. when things might, might take a turn. But all in all, I'm, I'm feeling better about it at least. So. Good. How about you? Yeah, it's, I mean, we're, oh, well, we're, we're in like our fourth month of, of lockdown. So, you know, we've had, you know, since just before Christmas, you know, it was, you know, you can't see your friends, you can't see your family, you can't go to gyms, you, you, you literally cannot do anything apart from go outside for a walk um, and go to a supermarket. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know this one's been a a real toughie. Um, it's been a real, real, real long lockdown. But um, mm-hmm. as of Monday, um, we could see people six p pe- up to six people outside, um, which is positive. And then come um, I think the seventeenth of May, um, that kind of opens up again. So step by step, we're we're getting there. But um, I think that also mm-hmm. throws a lot of issues of people kind of you know, me included in that, you know, getting back to some kind of normality is also a little bit strange. Um, and, you know, being around people again, I think it's that whole social, uh, social, uh, getting back into the social world again, and, and how you kind of mm-hmm. throw yourself back in, especially when you've had some life changes. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's interesting to even hear that, because, I guess I had a certain degree of awareness that things were different there in the UK, but it's mm. for for us here, it's short. We we definitely had a a more strict lockdown where things were kind of how you've described, but we're actually quite distant from that. Mm-hmm. You could argue maybe to a fault because of mm. how things are, and people tend to be in the states just as far as uh, any form of of restriction or uh, a lack of freedom. I think we tend to to respond to that differently than, than anywhere else in the world. But we've, we've definitely been beyond that, that phase uh, for better or worse for, for quite some time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely interesting to hear that you're kind of still really in it in that sense. But mm-hmm. uh, to your, to your point about how different that's been and I guess what it might look like going forward, um, I guess to, to dive right into it, I know that you've, at least from my understanding, you've been sober since the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has kind of directly mapped onto that that sort of timeline of of the most restriction. And you could you could probably argue that it's it's been one of the harder times in in recent history to do that. Uh, just even judging by 
alcohol consumption and, and how much that's increased yep. globally, especially in the States during this time, understandably so because of all the stresses and the, the unemployment and the working from home and mm-hmm. all the, all the other factors. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious uh, why, why take the leap now and, and what, mm-hmm. what kind of pushed you to do that? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's been, I guess maybe like three or four years overdue. So it's, it's definitely been a, a you know, a, a slow burner in, in that there wasn't any kind of one particular thing. I mean, I, I was made, well, we call it made redundant. I think you guys call it let, uh, maybe let go. Um, when, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like when, laid when, off. Laid off, mm. laid off, that's it, laid off. Um, and that was after a, a 14 years at, a, at the same company. And um, oh, I'm wow. going to lead it, yeah, in a leadership position. And it was um, it was quite a tricky time in the way, a couple of reasons, you know, the way they went about it and the way that, you know, sort of things were treated. And, and you know, I, I did not see that uh, that coming and it knocked me sideways. And although the drinking thing has come from, you know, a, a few years ago, because I, I tried to, to give up, I was drinking too much and that was sort of anxiety and, and you know, sort of way I was feeling was, wasn't great. But I think the, the real driver for me throughout lockdown was that, you know, there wasn't much else to do apart from drink. So my drinking escalated and escalated and escalated. And then it was like, you know, this, this is, this is really not healthy. And, you know, getting to the point where, you know, the hangovers were daily, the, oh, I can't remember falling asleep last night, you know, and Mm. yeah, anxiety, you know, definitely sort of going through the, through the roof. And after you know, I guess I was quite comfortable in a, in a way. I've been there for so long, and and coming out of that and looking for something new. And what am I going to do? And I kind of knew that mm. it was going to be a a bit of a life change for me because I didn't want to go back to the the rat race um, right. of, the, of the corporate world, and um, mm. for for many reasons. Um, and, but I knew that if I wanted to do something new and if I wanted to do, you know, follow follow the dreams, so to speak, something had to change. Mm. And that had to be giving up the alcohol. It had to be. Right. Um, and I can see now, you know, only sort of, you know, nearly four months, well, three and a bit months in, that if I hadn't have done that, there's no way I would have been able to have you know, done the things or doing the things that I'm I'm doing now. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, I guess, probably my biggest catalyst. But yes, it's been a bit of a a, a slow burner for for some years now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that certainly makes sense, and I think a lot of people probably found themselves in that space in one way or another mm-hmm. in this past year. Um, I guess I'm curious specifically what you're referencing when you say that you. I guess making this change enabled you to to take some important steps towards doing something different. Is mm-hmm. did you so you found other work? Yeah, so I I um, I kind of I thrown myself into the into the sober world, um, I, and my accountability came from creating a, a page on Instagram called Sober Distancing. And around that time, I was I was already thinking about creating my own consultancy you know thinking you know what, what can I do that uses my sort of skills and experience um, where I can be working for myself 
And I thought, well, you know what? I can help startups, um, SMEs with sales and planning and growth and, and, and strategy. Because that's what I've been, mm-hmm. I'd been doing for, for so long. And around the same time, I'd, I'd actually walked past a pub um, here and I kind of had a panic moment of, oh, my goodness, when pubs reopen, are they, you know, what am I going to do? Are they going to have alcohol-free drinks? You know, what, what's the score going to be? So I posted about it and um, an app called Better Without responded to me and said, it's coming soon. Um, hmm. And so I, I, I started chatting with them and, and ultimately Better Without is an app that um, is a discovery app for finding low and no alcohol-free beverages. And there's lots of different elements of it, you know, because you can, you know, you can obviously discover lots of different types of drinks, but you can see where you can purchase them and they do food pairing and, you know, it's a real educational piece. And um, I I literally, from the the, the minute of having a a chat with them, absolutely loved it. So I've started doing, started doing some, some work um, with with them um, and that fitted in with the whole consultancy piece. Um, and I've got a couple of couple of other smaller clients, but that is, you know, definitely my my baby and the one that I'm super passionate mm-hmm. about. So, you know, I get to utilize my skills and experience from from past, and you know, now my you know this passion of of of, of you know being sober and you know using it in a positive way for you know people across the the world because it's not just a sober community; it's also you know for for women that are pregnant if you're out. You know, if you're a designated driver for religious reasons, because you want to be healthier, athletes, because you're studying, you know, you've got college tomorrow or you're going to work. So there's lots of different reasons. So, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, where I am at the moment. So I'm, I'm mainly working with, with Better Without, but got the consultancy on the side, helping uh, other businesses with, with sales and growth. So, yeah, it's exciting mm-hmm. times, but it, this has allowed me to do that. I never would have done that before, and I'm, you know, genuinely loving every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fascinating. I'm sure that was kind of a, a serendipitous moment when that came together. I, I think it's it's certainly interesting. It's something I know very little about, but I guess I'm not sober myself. But I've always been someone who didn't really consume much alcohol. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I grew up in a household, I guess there was a, a little bit abnormal that we just didn't really have alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that it was something that was just like very ingrained in people's lives mm-hmm. and very much normalized at a young age. But for me, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't necessarily have a super strong inclination ever. And I guess late teens is, is usually when, when people start experimenting and trying. And uh, I, I didn't. Like, I, I was kind of that kid who made a, a decision to, to generally abstain for various reasons at the time, mm-hmm. very different reasons than I would now, but I just didn't see as much appeal in it, maybe because I it wasn't as normalized to me. And when you're that young and you see your friends – getting drunk from a sober perspective you're kind of like i don't know what the appeal is here Um, but when you're when you're in it obviously it's it's quite different but then when i went to college i I definitely had a couple years where i did casually and such but it was never really just like for me i guess and i know everybody processes it differently and has different physiological responses that really contribute to how 
your relationship with it. And I just was never someone who thrived in that state very much. Mm -hmm. And so years later, I had some, some health problems that I was dealing with and it kind of forced me to have to abstain for a time. And mm -hmm. even just for my own personal health reasons and temperament, I've, I've always been someone who is generally, I guess, more sober than, than the average person and found myself in social situations sometimes feeling just sort of awkward, not because I'm an awkward person, but it is a, it's a strangely, uh, sometimes uncomfortable thing to yeah. do mm -hmm. uh, in social situations to be like, oh, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because it, like, it, what? <laughs> <laughs> right, it carries such a connotation yeah. where it's it just feels weird to be that person mm -hmm. and people want to know like what's wrong or something <laughs> and yeah. it's it's it seems so abnormal just to yeah. to abstain because it is something that is just so ingrained socially and, and so so involved in every single uh aspect of our of our culture and our world especially as adults mm -hmm. so i've i've always been someone that was kind of like i i guess that would be interested in that sort of thing something that could kind of be an opportunity to i guess drink socially but not act it actually be alcohol and not have to mm -hmm. have those sort of weird exchanges where you, you can kind of just pretend like oh yeah i'm good <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got my own thing as opposed to being like wait why are, like, are you okay? Is there something wrong? Um, yeah. Or like having that weird dynamic where people will start to feel potentially judged or, or weird about their alcohol consumption. Mm -hmm. If you're like, mm -hmm. no, I, I just, I just don't, uh, you know, it's, there's just all these very interesting and, and sort of complex dynamics that, that play out whenever there's like one sober person yeah. in, in a group people don't you know? like it people don't seem to, to like it you know it's um I think especially if you're known to be a drinker if you're if you're a typical you know you person that goes out and you know everyone knows that you, you you'll have a drink and then all of a sudden one day you say yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking or I you know I don't want to come out tonight because I'm, I'm not drinking literally it's like the whole the whole world falls apart. It's uh, it, it's really mm -hmm. quite it's quite strange. From you know you you you've experienced it as a you know as someone that doesn't drink a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's I, I don't I'm not sure why because I'm not sure maybe I did do it to people. I don't I don't know. I maybe I can't even remember. But it is strange how people don't like it when you say that you're not drinking mm. if, they're, if, if they're drinking and um it's that classic where people would always say to me oh come on just have one but my you know my issue was was that I could never just right. have one that was you know probably mm. one of the, the biggest issues and you know it's it, it's something that I I only really I think admitted recently to be honest with you um but yeah it's it's, it's funny what how people's reactions are when you're the one the sober one um, I, and I'm I'm not quite sure why I haven't put my finger on it. You? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say, and I think some of it is the it's it's hard to explain. But the the optics of it, it's just different. When I guess anyone who's ever been around a bunch of people who are drinking and been sober knows Not what that fun. looks and it feels like and so they they immediately know that like okay if they're drunk 
they're going to be acting a bit differently, a bit more uninhibited, a bit more loose, and then having like an objective outside perspective mm -hmm. of that's like they're worried that they're being judged. Mm -hmm. And obviously, to some extent, I understand that. Like nobody really wants to be harshly judged of course that's kind of on them to project that onto you because it's not that's not necessarily what you're doing but it is a different lens and i think one thing i i sometimes will talk about with my wife is like what what it would be like to just always have like a, a video crew or whatever following you around mm -hmm. so like anytime you're you're under the influence of any sort and then like actually having to go back and watch that in a sober state just what that would be like and it would probably be really fucking uncomfortable oh for most people you know mm -hmm. uh and so i think there's kind of a mm -hmm. bit of that dynamic when someone is sober because you feel like they're that that video crew that's 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 going around and is going to remember oh. everything that's mm -hmm. happening mm -hmm. uh so i i think that's some of it at least um and i think maybe another dimension of it is i think sometimes people don't realize how prevalent some sort of uh, I guess misuse or disorder is around mm. alcohol and so I think sometimes even the sheer fact that someone is abstaining or being sober it does result in some sort of a reflection mm. that whether or not that's really a problem that they have or that they need to resolve it still just kind of makes you think like because the assumption is maybe that's the case for them and maybe that's why they're not and especially if that's like a friend of yours where you're like, I didn't think they drank too much uh, or like they drink less than me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so why are they stopping? You know, I think it just there's a lot of different potential responses there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's almost like with anything where if you're doing it, you want others to be doing it with you. Um, but I, I don't know if that's been your experience at all. Yeah, no, I, you, I think you've nailed it. I think that's, uh, I think that's spot on. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, the one person or the two people that aren't drinking are almost, almost outcasted because it's like not in the drinking mm -hmm. gang and the silly gang. And, you know, I think the B word, the boring word might even, you know, sort of come up. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it, it, it does kind of segregate and um, it, it's quite interesting. And I, I'm going to have to deal with that being on the on the sober side when, you know, when we can go out and, and, and see people a bit more in the next sort of couple of months and, you know, navigate sobriety back into mm. you know in, into my life um and that that's going to be that's going to be interesting it's going to be very interesting it's be interesting you know with how the dynamics of friendships and being out and about will will work mm -hmm. um because you know particularly here in the uk you know it's very you meet up with people and the thing that you always go and do is you always go and you have a drink no matter what you know where you're going or right. whatever that's what you do and you know it's not often that you we would go to a movie without friends to catch up mm -hmm. because you can't talk you know in there or if you did you'd go for a couple of drinks first or a couple of drinks after and right. so so much is revolved around alcohol here and i know everywhere around the world but it, it's certainly um it's certainly very big here because it's such a social thing without you know pubs and and, and whatnot but um that's yeah that's going to be super interesting it's going to be very interesting as to right. how i feel and how people are going to feel towards towards me so that's going to be yeah interesting 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a challenge. I think it's just one of those things where I think everyone would like to think that maybe if you just change like one aspect of your life or one, one habit that it wouldn't fundamentally shake that much up. But mm -hmm. it, it certainly begs the question of, you know, what what might you have to reevaluate through a different lens and is it like mm -hmm. do you have to get new friends is that that sounds extreme new but if, <laughs> right is, is that is that what an individual needs to to thrive and, and feel supported if there's friends who that's all they want to do mm -hmm. like obviously that's not mm -hmm. that's not the most helpful thing for someone mm -hmm. who's trying to make a conscious decision mm -hmm. on that front mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's like I think especially anything that really does become a habit and is a part of your day-to-day -day life and to some extent affects the way that you perceive and, and tolerate things is it it's it's hard to sometimes look back and say like is that is this why we had a good time is this why we get along uh is this why i enjoy this movie or is you know activity whatever it is is our friendship um, based upon alcohol <laughs> <laughs> right I, yeah i mean i i haven't necessarily so much had to deal with that question in my life because i was never someone that was like super in it but i'm i'm sure it, it will be to some extent for you and i know it's a little different now because you've largely been isolated if you will for the most part so yeah, no, those those dimensions haven't necessarily been been brought to light yet but i'm curious if it has to any extent so far like people that you know or relationships that you have how they've kind of responded to to the decision that you've made has it has it been mostly positive or yeah has some of it been kind of on the fence do you know what some people kind of don't know what to say I'm not sure they're mm -hmm. sure whether it's going to actually happen or not, you know, um, right. uh, and thinking it's, you know, it, maybe it's just a bit of a, a phase. Um, cause I'm not sure that anyone would from the outside would look in and say that, you know, I have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. So when I say it to people, they kind of go, Oh, Oh, okay. They're a little bit, surprised but then if I kind of divulge a little bit more about why it's been unhealthy then they kind of go okay well you know I, I understand so nobody's not understood so you know a lot of people don't ask me about it or how it's going which is quite interesting and again I'm not sure whether that's because they don't want to upset feel like it would upset me you know mm -hmm. or, or, or trigger me in in some way which it, it absolutely wouldn't it would, it, you know it's obviously nice to be asked and you know I have a couple of friends that are, are, are super amazing and you know uh, will ask me and you know we have a nice sort of chat about it and they'll ask about better without and you know it's um you know it, it's really good but um yeah maybe some people are just curious as to how that's going to change our friendship or relationship you know mm -hmm. if, if, Friends, friends and family it's not just you know isolated to to friends so um so yes yeah, so no one's reacted badly a couple of friends have been super 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 supportive um but i would say the, the majority don't mention it <laughs> which is quite interesting <laughs> right yeah i mean it's it's definitely hard it's always hard to speculate from the outside and then like you said especially when it's you wouldn't necessarily on the surface read as someone who has a problem, if you will, that people tend to just make assumptions. And if you act relatively normally and you still are 
fulfilling your responsibilities in life. Um, you're still functional. It's not like you're, you know, doing anything extreme in their eyes. It's, I think people generally assume that individuals are fine for whatever that's worth, but absolutely, of course it's all subjective and what, what one individual defines as a, as a complicated or problematic relationship, it could be very different from, from another. And yeah, no, great. I, I, I certainly, to some extent, have to acknowledge that in myself. I guess I didn't mention it at first, but I think it's something I'm probably, to some degree, hypersensitive to, just as an individual, because I grew up around um, some people close to me having problems with substance abuse, not mm-hmm. necessarily alcohol specifically, but I think it's something that I've always been very, very diligent about my personal habits and anything that I feel like might be habit forming or anything like that. I sometimes am, like I said, a little hypersensitive, maybe to a fault. Like I, you know, I, I don't even really drink caffeine, you know, things like that. Or I just any anything that um I feel like might result in a cycle that I might uh, lose control of. I'm not that I haven't ever fallen into any sort of uh, negative habit or anything like that. But I just, for me, what would constitute a a problematic relationship is very, very different than I think the average person. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's definitely levels to it and it really matters where I could, theoretically someone could have a a drink once a week and and feel like that is, is too much, you know, whereas someone could be drinking every day and and have a totally fine relationship with it. So it's, it's definitely something that is helpful to keep in mind, but makes it hard to, to judge other people's experience and know how to relate to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Nailed it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's, it's certainly something that though I, I don't have as much direct experience with. It's like I said, it's something I've just been very tuned into throughout my life because I it's just something that is is pretty close to the vest for me and I never would want to put myself in a situation where maybe there's some genetic components to all of this and so I sometimes just try to make sure that <laughs> that even yeah that there's uh it's something that I just always have paid attention to even though particularly so from the outside people would define me as someone who is has as distance of a relationship to to these sorts of sometimes negative habits as you can it just sometimes uh for me i feel like i at least can relate on some levels even though it's it's never a problem i've i've specifically experienced mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. um but i'm i'm curious from your perspective as at least from what i've seen in, in your content that you've spoken to alcohol being a, a big part of your life for a long time, you know, since a, a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. And now that you've taken a step back from it, uh, I'm curious, did it, do you feel like it has changed you at all as an individual or just the way that you see the world or think about yourself and your place in it? Um, I think, I don't think it's changed me other than you take away some you know additional irritability that you know the the next day would make you feel because you've not had a really good night's sleep because you know when you drink alcohol you don't have a a great night's sleep um Mm -hmm. there's there's many negativities that alcohol brings especially when you're drinking on a on a regular 
basis and sort of a lack of, of, of confidence and, and, and things like that. Um, so I don't think it, it's changed me other than I, I feel better, <laughs> um, so, so, so to speak. Um, you know, has it, you know, has it impacted me in, in any other ways? I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Actually, it's not, it's not something that I've really, um, really felt to be honest with you. And again, that might be mm-hmm. because of you know the situation with being, right. you know, being at home and not being mm-hmm. out and doing all those, you know, all the all those different uh, different things. But um, well, sorry, what was the second part? The second part of the question was. Oh. Um... Yeah, I guess I was just kind of asking in general if there was anything notable that that you feel like changed about your your day to day experience or, or how you think about yourself. Do you know what actually? So I, I think a, a part of it was is that I it enabled me. It took away a, a selfish part of me, and it enabled me to do what I wanted to do for ages, and that is that giving back and being able to to help others. And I I was always that person that felt deeply you know very empathic and wanted to to help and do but that the the alcohol kind of stops you from doing that because you become quite selfish and you want to drink so you put yourself in an environment where you have your spare time Mm -hmm. where you can drink so I wasn't doing a lot of things that I wanted to do and you know I when I wasn't working I had about four months and that enabled me to do some volunteering and you know I, I I loved that and it made me feel so much more fulfilled being able to to do the things that I you know would not have done before I wanted to desperately but wouldn't have done because the um you know the, the wine witch as we call her you know was was calling and I yes. I'd you know I'd selfishly be you know having fun drinking or not having fun but just drinking and that would take over so um yeah right. that's probably probably a, a big part or something that's definitely had a had an impact right yeah yeah well, that makes sense um and actually i wanted to jump back to something before i forget mm-hmm. because i feel like it's it's kind of a natural question and something i've always wondered about things on the i guess low and, and no alcohol mm-hmm. front from an outsider's perspective, I feel like the the initial reaction is is that something that that makes it more difficult to to not drink to to simulate that experience or that is <laughs> that is triggering at all or is that you find that it's a helpful resource? Yeah, no, it, it's a great question. And you know what? The if you just take the sober community, um, mm. it's, it's divided. So there will be people that are very much it's a trigger to have an mm. alcohol-free drink, and for others, it can help. So there's no right or wrong. You've got to do what is mm-hmm. right for you at the end of the day. And I completely respect and support somebody that will find it uh, a trigger. Um, personally, for, for, for me, I can have one alcohol-free beer, and that will help with the craving, or I'll just have mm-hmm. one and, you know, before I would have, I would have, you know, numerous beers, real beers, but, you know, I can just have one alcohol free beer and that be plenty, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that be done. And that kind of helped me if I did have a, have a craving or if I just fancied a 
you know the taste of a of a beer then that would you know that would help um so it's a very good question and it is divided but for me personally i'm you know it's it helps me i don't drink tons and tons of it i did the first time i tried to give up i was chugging them back and you know I kind of went that this isn't good because I'm trying to replace it but then I, I was mm. on stage and I wasn't ready to give up but this time around it really helps me just because there's so many different options um out there but um, as I mentioned earlier the great thing is is it's not just for the for the sober you know for the sober space but right. typically for drinking yes it's divided but uh, and I and I mm. respect that but for me it it's definitely a, a savior for sure, it kind of helps mm. with them. The feeling of there's there's a sense of panic you can get when you're kind of giving up anything up that you've been either addicted to or you've you know you rely on or is a habit, whatever whichever mm. form that it, it's been a part of your life. And when you take that away, cold turkey, that that it almost like puts the fear of God in you. You know, it's 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 like a, a you know right. panic. Um, so to have something there for me just to kind of just mellow that a little bit and it and and deal with it is is what what works but you know somebody if somebody asked me the question are you now addicted to alcohol free drinks absolutely not you know i can definitely right. you know i can definitely give or take it it's a nice thing to have um but um but yeah it's it's not something that i sit there and panic that i haven't got mm. yeah yeah i mean it makes sense that there's kind of two camps there and i think it mm it maps onto a lot of, I guess, similar spaces where if you're, you're trying to, to remove any variable from your life, mm -hmm. there is kind of that, that classic question of, is it, is it, is it better to wean yourself off mm -hmm. or to, to have something that, that emulates it, that's a replacement, or mm -hmm. I guess some people more thrive off of, off of a, you know, cold turkey strategy, if you will. But mm -hmm. like you said, it, it makes sense that it would be up to the individual as far as what is actually helpful to them. And I, I remember once I was, I watched this documentary about this really famous restaurant in Spain. I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head now, but mm -hmm. essentially these three brothers run it. And one is the chef, one is the, uh, I guess, pastry chef, and one is sommelier. And he became an alcoholic and had to quit, but still continue to do his job which i thought was just incredible i i was like how does that work because he just i guess tastes it and then spits wow. it out and i was like wow like is that how how is he able to does that make it easier for him does that make it a hundred times harder i i really don't know and obviously that was like his craft he was one of the best people in the world at it which is part of what kind of enabled him over time to not acknowledge it as a problem because he was like this is my job it. so it was <laughs> it was always acknowledged or mm. it was always um it was always an explanation but yeah i just not that it's quite the same but in, in principle i was always curious if that was something that would that would take the edge off a little bit make it a little bit easier or if it was more so mm. uh just a, a challenge to overcome but i guess yeah. the, the answer well, really depends yeah i i couldn't do that if, if i had to if i had to be tasting you know alcohol um there's no way i would be spitting that back out in the spit bucket <laughs> you know? yeah. would, that would be really really tough so hats off to him for, for being able to do that absolutely 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly seems impressive. Uh, it to me intuitively, it I kind of had the same response where it seems like that would that would be maybe a little bit too much to to have to control yourself over. But clearly, I guess he didn't want to give up on his career and, and his craft, so he made it work. So, I, like you said, hats off to him. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Uh, one other thing I, I was kind of curious about, is there anything that you feel like, I guess just habits-wise, that you have elected to, to try to put into place as a, as a resource or maybe even plan to as things return to normal a bit um, that might allow you to, I guess, just reimagine things socially and, and how you might be able to spend time with friends and, and, and do things that, that can kind of, I guess, replace that, that sort of, uh, ingrained habit or are you, I know obviously you haven't been able to really do a whole lot, so it's, it's a little limited right now, but I'm just curious yeah. if that's something you thought about. Yeah. I mean, you know, people have wanted to already kind of get things in a diary to, to, to meet up. And I think, I think what's been great is that this time where it hasn't been very social as I've managed to get my at home drinking under control uh, because I was definitely an at home drinker. I'd come home from work, open a bottle of wine, you know, cook and, 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 and things like that. And, you know, I, so I, I've, I've nailed that one now. So it's definitely the, 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 the going out side and being with, with people. But I think having the support network of the Instagram community that I've kind of, surrounded myself mm. in is really really helps because when you have a moment you can kind of reach out to people or you know read other people's posts and it and it helps you know it does it, it really does help having that i think having the whole you know better without where i can you know i'm again immersing myself in that to to help people like myself you know be able to go to when you know when hospitality does open up to be able to go to you know your, your favorite restaurant or, or pub or bar um mm -hmm. and, and be able to see what alcohol free options they have so it's definitely a personal mission for me to make sure that hospitality and that's in the uk and in the us because we actually launched in the us um on thursday um to be able to oh, okay. yeah I know it's been it's been a crazy week um so to be able to um you know, for people to, to have that and to be able to, you know, feel like, you know, they've got, as I said, not just the sober world, but for, for everybody, whether you're driving or pregnant, whatever, to be able to have a, a, a really classy alcohol-free drink, whether it's a beer, a spirit or a cider or a, or a sparkling or whatever that might be, um, and, and have that and, and not feel alienated you know and feel like you still mm. have a drink to the point where some you don't have to tell people you know you've got right. you've got a beer bottle so they might say oh what's that beer you know and you just oh it's a so-and-so and you know you don't have to go oh it's my alcohol free drink um, right. so so i think you know i think having the instagram having better without and you know having told people everybody everybody now knows that i'm i'm sober and that i'm not going to be drinking um and i really hope that I, that no pressure is, is put on me because that you know will not be cool in 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 my eyes and i'm sure there's going to be mm -hmm. one um but yeah i, I you know I, it's I, it's, it, it's going to be different but i will go to some sober um events and you know i would mm -hmm. like to make some some sober friends 
um, because I think that will really help. Um, and I think that would be nice to be able to be in an environment where there is no pressure and you're not going to be around the drunk people, um, you know, right. to have that as an additional, I think will be, will be really nice. So yeah, the support network that I've set up will hopefully really help with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think you've done something pretty brave in a way. I mean, I guess to some degree it's strategic, but that by by being so public about it that it it kind of it allows a high degree of accountability where it you you have this community of people who are are following your journey and who theoretically are supporting you so it it allows you to have that that baked in a sense of accountability but at the same time i'm curious if you if you ever feel like that that puts more pressure on you like if you feel like you uh, I mean, and maybe that's a good thing. I really don't know. It's it's a matter of interpretation. But the fact that, that you have all these people that are now aware of what you're trying to do, that if it kind of raises the stakes to some extent, that, that if you were to, to slip up or make a mistake, that, that you'd be letting people down or if that is something that, that gets to you at all. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I think I'll probably think about it more when I start to, to, to go out because the temptation will be there. You know, it, it really mm-hmm. will be. I've, I've got to just be really strong and make sure that, you know, I've got alcohol free drinks there to feel like, you know, to alleviate that feeling to begin with. Um, for sure um, and just feel that you know what I'm drinking is, is that I'm not missing out and I'm sure as soon as you know the alcohol levels in people's blood gets to a certain level I'll be like right mm. I'm out <laughs> yes. you know, I don't I, I you know one it's it's not fun for me now and two you know I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to feel like you're going to feel tomorrow morning and uh, you know what it's been lovely to see you I'm checking out <laughs> <laughs> and I will probably exit early. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, ask me in three, three six months time and uh, I might have <laughs> answers for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely curious how much in granted, I, I don't have as much experience with it, but if in time being more social and, and being around more people in that state, if that will make you, actually miss it less that <laughs> at a certain point yeah. like to, to kind of mm-hmm. see it through a new lens um or, or in a sober state and i mean obviously it could probably go either way but to i guess i'm mostly speaking to my experience that sometimes when i go out and i'm sober and others are not it's kind of like i i don't know if i'm missing anything you know like i don't know if i'm really missing out so much no, uh, obviously you know more so in excess you know when you yeah. see people who are who are really going too far with it it's kind of like that i'm i'm okay on i'm okay on that yeah uh, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah no i i i agree and uh so sort of saying when the, when the alcohol hits the blood at certain levels i i would definitely be oh, oh, get that feeling of knowing right it's it, it the, the the atmosphere the mood is 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 definitely turning and changing and uh <laughs> that will definitely be my time to exit <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean that that sounds like a a good cue to be aware of yeah. for sure Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm somewhat curious from what from what you've spoken to. Obviously, it's it's been a a matter of months that that you've been sober, and 
So theoretically, it's your journey there is is relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you do you often find it difficult to to just take things one day at a time and, and not fixate on on the numbers or, or milestones or kind of where you are even compared to others who have been sober for years or decades and and all that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess because of the pandemic and because of you know having lost my job and there's been some other sort of health stuff going on. There's just lots of gen- general stuff going on. I I guess I am doing day by day in life in general a little bit because mm. we're you know not knowing what's going to be happening. What you know we thought. You know, we never, never thought it would be in a in a second lockdown. You know, and things are going worse. And for all we know now, there could be a, a, a you know a, a third one if things don't go the way we want it to. And you know, as 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 you know, rules start to to lift a bit. So I guess you know it's it's under a bit of a false answer because if. The pandemic wasn't around i would probably be having a different different answer but because of the situation that we're in life right now i guess it is kind of a little bit day by day um but longer term you know i uh, when we come when we come out um will it remain i'm not sure i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> i think i think as you know, we can go out and do more things and it, it you know, not having to think about it so much, then the days will probably, I mean, the days go super fast now, but the days of thinking about it and, and, and alcohol being a daily part of my life, I'm hoping I won't have to, you know, won't be thinking about it in the, in the same way that, you know, we do now because we're kind of, you know, stuck within the four walls. So, so yeah, day by day for now, but that could change. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I also kind of wonder, and I guess this is to some degree a, a relatively intimate question, but or maybe even uh, not a stupid question, but I'm I'm really more just wondering, like, has it has it really been difficult for you thus far? Or is it something that you like it, have you had any truly challenging moments for you where you really questioned it or has it to some extent been been pretty seamless since you started? Um. I have had my moments. Um, I think I think I could say um, it's definitely been easier this time round than when I tried before because I've had purpose this time and reasons why I've wanted to give up, and that's made a that's made a big difference. Um, has it been easy? No. Um, I, I think the the moments where it gets me is when I kind of sit there and kind of think well, what am I going to do when I'm on holiday? You know, what am I going to do, you know, if I have a, a steak, how am I, you know, not having a glass of red wine with a steak, you know, and, and those, mm. as I mentioned earlier, those panicked mom- panic moments of I'm never going to have a drink again. So I think those moments strike me and have an impact on me more than the day-to-day not drinking. I think I've got to a good point with with that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I thought, for example, 
my anxiety, I'm going to stop drinking, anxiety would disappear. And don't get me wrong, I, I had two months where I didn't have any anxiety and I was I, I actually naively thought that that was, you know, just going to be the way it was going to be. And then, mm. and then I, I seem to have almost had a bit of a panic about the world reopening again. You know, I'm in control when I'm at home of my drinking and of most things. And, you know, as, as the world reopens and rules lift, you know, that changes and I'm, I lose a little less control of it in that element. So that actually, it, you know, triggered me with some 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 anxiety. And, and, and again, that kind of knocked me quite a bit. And it, it was building up over a week and I did have a really bad anxiety attack um, when I was uh, I was outside and, and came back in. Um, so, yeah, so, it, it, you know, it, it, it does kind of trigger different different emotions at, at different times um but again i think you know as things change it, it, being at home and going through the processes allows me it kind of gives me a, a, a step i think it gives me a, a step ahead really and allows me to do this in my own time and in my own way which has definitely benefited me if that right. answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it highlights an interesting point, which I think is is broadly applicable. That in in life, it it is often not the the moment to moment experience that is ever quite that challenging. It's it's more so the our our capacity or our tendency really to to map things onto the future into the past so it's it's not so much what you're experience right, experiencing right now it's also how that will affect you in the future and whether or not it will subside over time mm-hmm. and when we when we spend time thinking about as you said uh, what am i going to do when i when i have a steak or or anything of that nature that 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 definitely is what what can kind of feed into these these more difficult emotions and, and thought patterns when we mm-hmm. when we think about those sorts of things so that that definitely makes sense and part of the reason i asked the question is that it, it seems to be one of the more valuable principles for for anyone who's trying to endure anything challenging or establish a new habit is is just taking it moment by moment mm-hmm. day by day and mm-hmm. like you said it may be an, an advantage that you've had during this whole experience is that you've kind of been forced to, to live in that way and uh, not so much been able to to think too far into the future because there's just been so much instability and change that, mm-hmm. um, but I, I guess it's it's starting to get more real for some and, and maybe for you as well, that, yeah. that obviously things will return to some sense of normalcy at a certain mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And, I think everyone is going to be a bit shell shocked when we get there to to really fully jump back into to a normal life, whatever that looks like is yeah. is definitely going to it's it's just going to be different for for all of us for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and and, it, and it's it's been nice for me again, sort of, you know, within the um in the Instagram community of of, of understanding. I, I actually thought I was probably the only person that was 
worrying about the world reopening and how to re-establish myself into that and you know it's like we all need to kind of well not all of us but some people feel like they need to learn to how to interact and be sociable again you know and become so insular so used to our own kind of company or you know the people that are within you know our four walls that um this it's certainly going to be um challenging for some you know in, in, in different different ways you know, a lot of people have thrived in, in lockdown and, and being at home and not having to commute and be at the office. And, you know, a lot of people have, have, have thrived on that and actually elements, elements of, you know, elements of really enjoying that. And, you know, I definitely I definitely fall into that category. Um, and other people, it's, it's, it's the worst thing, you know, ever. And, and, it, and it really, you know, that has the opposite effect. And, you know, it, it, it's, it has you know very detrimental effect on, on people's mental health. Um, you know, being at home and not having that social, in, you know, uh, interaction. So, you know, it's the it's it's it's, it's definitely divided. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that certainly makes sense, and I think everyone will will probably have some false expectations just going into this this mm-hmm. new chapter of of life and society where we it's very hard to predict what things will look like and and how how normal things will return to or what, what things will remain the same. As you said, people who have thrived in this, this new environment are, are people going to as much want to go back to, to having uh, these, at least what we considered more so normal social lives and interactions or jobs and, and all sorts of things that I think one of the silver linings here is that it's, it's given everyone an opportunity to just take a step back and, and evaluate everything from a little bit more of a bird's eye view and say like, why, why do I really do this? Is this really ideal for me? Are there, is there anything worth holding on to that maybe was forced upon us at first, but in, in the long term might, might actually be a, a better situation. Um, but yeah, I know you've, you've mentioned better without a, a few times in these, these alcohol-free alternatives and such. So, of course, that is a is a valuable tool for you. But I'm just curious if there's anything else beyond that that has been particularly helpful tool for you on a day-to-day basis. Just making it through this time, whether it be your sobriety or, or just the past year of 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 this very strange and, and unprecedented <laughs> time that we've all experienced. Is is there anything that you turn to that? that you find valuable yeah I think I think for me and it it felt quite apparent to me very early on was actually yeah this is all you know it's very difficult and it's a big change but you know I would look around me or read you know sort of stories and the news or articles and you know I was like my god I am so freaking lucky really you know and and, uh, you know I've got a roof over my head haven't got to worry about you know um you know eating or you know sort of food and you know I have a garden you know I I I just just gratitude I think of what I have you know I think of you know single parents you know living in a flat with children you know I I can't and and trying to to work at home I cannot imagine how difficult that must be or for for someone that's elderly you know elderly and and just 
on their own. Um, you know, they don't know how to use the the internet necessarily. You know, and inc- already probably incredibly lonely. And you know, there's lots of people out there that really, really struggled. And I think for me, it was just always reminding myself how lucky I am. And um, you know, that that definitely got me through. Definitely got me through because. Um, you know, I think without that, you can easily fall into a, oh, oh, woe is me. And don't get me wrong. There were days, you know, there, there were moments <laughs> and it's, you know, it's all very relative. So, you know, I'm not, not taking that away from, from anyone at all because we're all allowed it. And, you know, when I was at my old job and I was managing a, a team when they were quite a young team and, you know, it was something that I mean, I'd never experienced it before, but I think having a little bit of life experience allowed me to, to deal with it in a slightly you know different way but you know they really struggled with that and you know a lot of sort of mental health issues came up that we weren't aware of or people weren't aware of themselves that you know kind of really came up from dealing with such a a traumatic situation because you don't didn't know what was going to happen or what was happening or you know is my my friends or my family going to get poorly you know it, it was very unknown and um you know, I think I, I, I just switched on a uh, maybe slightly parental uh, mindset and that that, yeah. that that grateful mindset and being quite calm. And um, that seemed to have got me through, um, which I am mm. grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that. It's something I I try to remind myself of often, but certainly not often enough that that there there is so much to to be grateful for. And. I think just making a a simple practice out of taking stock of of what you really do have Mm -hmm. can be, can be so valuable on a, on a day-to-day basis, just to recognize those things that you sometimes just take for granted and don't even notice that it's something that, that many people across the world would be incredibly happy to, to have or consider themselves lucky. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, as often as you can do it, there's there's almost no almost no downside besides I think of course people can maybe take it too far and, and start to to some degree feel guilty for their for uh, the the luck that they've been afforded in life or what they do have and that of course doesn't doesn't get very far in a positive direction and it, it sometimes can be hard to walk that line of of having gratitude but not having guilt and just yeah. acknowledging that that feeling bad about what you have doesn't doesn't actually help anyone no, it's it's it, it's only only negative for you but it it certainly especially in a year like this past one can be can be hard to to a have gratitude in the first place but then b have it without uh flip flipping the script on yourself too much and and feeling as though you don't deserve to have what you have or that um it's something worth feeling bad about that can be a a bit of a tightrope rock for sure yeah no absolutely and um don't get me wrong you know i i started off incredibly positive and you know obviously throughout all that you know sort of you know, losing my job and, and things that i really had to dig deep at those in in those moments of kind of going okay you know i'm one of those people that has lost their job throughout this and you know but again it was just pulling different kind of you know positivities from it that you know yes i you know uh, you know haven't 
I haven't got a job now, but you know, again, I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive partner. So you know, I kind of think, you know, right, well, well, you know, again, I'm I'm lucky I have that. Other people don't have that. So it was just trying to each time, each time something that would try and knock you back, trying to find something positive um, that will help, you know, sort of get you get you through it for sure. But um, yeah, I uh, I totally hear what you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, on that front, I'm curious. I mean, of course, you you already said it that that you have a very supportive partner is that is that something that to some degree you've been on this sober journey together or has there been any sort of like is there still alcohol in the house is that something that's challenging for you um or are y'all kind of on the same page there well i asked her to not would she mind doing a month with me at the beginning? Because I knew that first month was going to be my my hardest to really kind of kick kickstart and actually give me that real chance, you know, rather than, you know, having a, a bottle of wine sat there and one person pouring from it and we kind of we did that that would have been really, really difficult for me. So she she did did abstain um as well, which was fantastic, um, which really, really helped me. And to be honest with you, since probably had two or three, two or three drinks. Um, so, you know, that, that has helped me massively. Um, not that that will change moving forward for sure. I'm sure as we, as we go out and things, there'll be a bit of a novelty there, but the difference is, is that, you know, I am that, you know, she, she's that person that can have one glass and be happy with that. You know, that for me was something that just wasn't possible. Um, and alcohol in the in the house, we do have some spirits in the house, but I was never really a spirit drinker. And you know, I I, I drank red wine and, and and beer and bubbles because I love 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 the the, the taste of it. You know, uh, did I love a margarita? Yeah, but you know, having some Patron upstairs is that going to trigger me? It's not actually. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I, we have a couple of bottles of spirits, but that doesn't doesn't um, bother me too much. If there was some red wine in the house or a beer um, or a bottle of prosecco or, or something, then that would be a whole different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's wonderful that you that you have that support because I think in a lot of situations that that can make all of the difference and of course it can be you know like we were speaking to earlier with your friendships your intimate relationships whatever it is it it does just there's there's so many things to balance and to juggle and as as much as you can find that support and just come to an understanding with those around you I think that really can can be make or break for some people. So I'm I'm definitely happy to hear that that you've you seem to have found a good balance. And um, on that note, and obviously that sort of support is something that everyone wants to have. But beyond that, um, I'm just curious as we kind of wrap up here for for anyone out there who's who's maybe become concerned with their relationship with alcohol. Is there so any final insights or advice that you could offer um, or even just questions that, that might be worth asking oneself? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a, a, a couple. I, th- I think deep down, you know, if you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, it's whether you you see it and want to 
admit it I think um you know and at the end of the day if you want to cut back or give up you know you've you've got to want to um and be ready you know to to a degree and I think that's where you know having the having some accountability and having a good support network around you can can you know make a a, a big difference but you know when you if you're not yeah, I think some of the things to, to think of is, you know, are you, you know, are you, are you blacking out ever? You know, do you, do you have memory loss? You know, are you waking up hungover more times than you are not? You know, are you feeling irritable with it? You know, are you know, are you, are you generally happy? And then I think there are some things that you can, you can feel in your day to day life that if you took out the alcohol, you know, or is it? even to try it, you know, try it, try not drinking for a week or two weeks or, or, a, or a month and, uh, and see, see, you know, see how you feel. Um, you know, nothing has to be forever, but I think if you've got even a, a bit of an, an inkling there, you know, try it, you know, reach out. There's lots of people out there that, are, you know, that will, will support and, and, and guide you. Um, but um, it's worth a try. It's always worth a try because you never know. It can, uh, it can be pretty life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there's there's a lot of insight there. So I I certainly appreciate you sharing and and just sharing your story in general. That's that's why we're talking here in the first place. Is that you you were brave enough to to put yourself out there and and to go public with what you're what you're going through and and the choices that you've made. So I I really do appreciate you you making time to do this. Uh, I know we had a little bit of a lot of technical difficulty on, on the front end to, really to get here. Of a sofa, um, thank you. <laughs> but uh, we got there. Yeah, we, we we got here, and once again, I, I think it's just uh, a testament to what what this project is is all about. Is just giving giving people space to to share their experiences and, and their perspectives in an environment that we can remove as much of the, the judgment and the, the labeling as possible. So I, I just appreciate you being open to, to having this conversation and um, yeah, just, just for being you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Brenda. Thank you for having me. It's been, uh, it's been really nice just having a, a chat about it and uh, you know, being able to share that, you know, it's uh, it's important and it means, uh, it means a lot to me. So I really appreciate you uh, you're taking the time to, to chat with me about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And hopefully down the line, maybe three to six months, as you said, we can we can check back in and, and yeah, see how yeah, things are going. That. And then... I'd love that, definitely. <laughs> see how the, 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 the social Lisa plays out. <laughs> or not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll certainly be interesting. But uh yeah, once again, thank you and, and thank you everyone for joining. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you.